Hi everybody, I'm Andrew Levy and welcome to one of my podcasts. I hope you're a regular listener. Uh, if not, well, if you enjoy this one, hopefully you'll come back for more. And importantly, if you uh, really like it, you'll tell your friends, your neighbors, uh, your cat, your dog, your parrot about them, and we can uh, expand the net, which is really what we're trying to do at all times. And do remember, like my webinars, I try to make these as uh, practical, uh, as insightful, and uh, perhaps as listenable as is possible. You know, employment, employment practice, employment law can be a bit of a heavy topic, and like there's always room for a little bit of uh, skepticism uh, as we look at the weird and wonderful things that some employers and some employees get up to. But this is a follow-on to uh, an earlier podcast, which hopefully you've listened to. But if you are listening to this one first, don't stop. Uh, you can listen to the other one afterwards. They're both standalones. But it's a follow-on to my earlier discussion which was entitled Dismissing the Undismissible. In other words, dealing with the employees uh, who are particularly difficult to dismiss. And I introduced the notion of a soft dismissal. It's the term that I coined many, many years ago to discuss a circumstance where everybody knows that the relationship is not working out, but it's hard to find a reason which either fits into one of the three, misconduct capacity or operational requirement, or indeed is going to look good three months later at the CCMA. But in the meantime, you have a dysfunctional relationship. What do you do? Well, today we're going to be looking at mutual separation agreements, and that, of course, is a very, very useful tool for dealing with the employee who, who really has no future in the organization. Now, the first thing one needs to say, by having a discussion with an employee, which you kick off by saying, look, I, I, I think that things are not working out, the relationship is not there, um, I think that your career would best be served by uh, moving along, um, can we talk about a mutually agreed separation? Now, many employers feel, ah, as soon as I say that, I'm going to get done for constructive dismissal. The answer is no, you're not. It's very difficult for an employee to bring and win a case of constructive dismissal. And the first thing is, in order to do it, you've got to actually walk out. You've got to leave the employer. So at that stage, you're gone. The employer has got the outcome it's looking for. You haven't got a job. You're going to find it difficult to find another one. And all of a sudden, the world is going to start closing in on you. So don't be afraid. The second thing is, that uh, almost all of the constructive dismissal cases that are brought are lost by the employees. Why? Because it's a particularly high bar that they have to clear to show that they were constructively dismissed. And remember, you don't start. They have the onus to show that you made things so intolerable that they had no option but to leave. And this leads me to the first point that I want to make, uh, and it does deal with constructive dismissals, and that is the absolute acid test for a constructive dismissal is to look into your own heart uh, and answer this question honestly. Am I doing this in order to make this employee resign? And if the answer is yes, well, then obviously it's a constructive dismissal. So, you know, if you're honest about that, you won't have a problem. So don't worry about it. And the key thing to do when you talk to the employee is to say, look, there, there's no pressure here. It's entirely up to you. 
If you don't want to have the discussion, let's leave it at that. But the employee will always come back and say, well, you know, what, what are you going to offer? And by the way, I, I suggest when you say, I'd like to have the discussion, why don't you go away and think about it and let's meet in a day or so. The employee will come back and they'll want to see what you've got on offer because they're going to see this as a huge payday. Uh, I, in fact, recall a case where the employee came back and said he wanted three years remuneration, um, which, of course, was uh, very entertaining because, uh, as we all know, the CCMA is unlikely to give you anything more than 12 months and cannot do so in cases of incapacity and misconduct. But nevertheless, perhaps the employee was just flying a kite, opening the negotiations, but on that basis, uh, the negotiations never got off the ground. So they're going to think this is going to be a slam dunk, we'll never have to work again, and we'll get the maximum amount. Well, that's highly unlikely. And, you know, what you can work on is the fact that, on average, the CCMA award is in and around the three, three-and-a-half-month uh, area. And so that's not a bad number. And if this is an employee you particularly need to move on, well, to pay six months may not be over the odds. So that is always open to you, to have that discussion. And again, as with all negotiations, each side is going to jockey around and say, well, what are you going to offer? And you're going to say, well, what are you looking for? Well, you raised the topic, so it's not wrong to expect you to put an offer on the table. And I think something in and around the area of three months is, is not unfair. Uh, would I pay 12 months for a, a dismissal mutually agreed? No, uh, I, I think it's highly unlikely. It may be the, you know, the odd extreme cases, but uh, this is not something that readily comes to mind. Would I pay six months? Well, if I had to, possibly I would. But do remember this, as I said earlier, um, once the employee is gone, the world presses upon them, they have bills to pay. The closer they get to the CCMA, um, the more important it becomes to get the settlement. And so the chances of settlement become so much greater. Now, you're going to raise this with the employee and they're going to say, well, no, and you also will go away and think about it. And they'll come back, I assure you, uh, they will take the bait. They'll rise to the fly. And you're going to put some kind of suggested offer on the table and they're going to come back with a, uh, a particularly high number. And from there on, it's really just a negotiation. You've established the ground rules. Now, where do things go wrong? They go wrong when the employee says, no, I'm not interested at all. Well, at that situation, it's probably best to back off and not to push it. But you may also need to warn the employee and to couch your initial discussion with them on the basis of, look, uh, things aren't working out. I don't think there's a good fit. I don't particularly want to go through the difficulties of uh, dragging you through some kind of hearing. I don't want to humiliate you. I'd like you to leave here with your head held high. I'd like you to leave here on the basis that uh, you don't have to tell the next employer or lie to the next employer uh, about the fact that you were dismissed. So let's examine ways in which we can avoid that outcome. Um, but it's always useful if you can add uh, because if we can't reach agreement, I am going to go ahead in any event 
uh, because I think that uh, this relationship is not going to work. So you offer it as an alternative to dismissal. Now, what the employee is likely to come back with and say, uh, or say at a later date, is uh, uh, you coerced me, you forced me, uh, or to use the word they, they love to use because it has a legal context, uh, I was under duress. The legal meaning of duress is very, very circumscribed, as it must be, because if you could just shout duress at the drop of a hat and get out of a contract or an obligation, then contracts would not be worth very much. So duress has always been defined as a clear and imminent danger. Now, in the past, it was of uh, serious physical harm. You know, the guy's got the gun to your head. He's going to pull the trigger. Well, now we've expanded the definition somewhat, and it reads along the lines of imminent, serious threat to yourself or someone close to you, a member of your family. Um, and the threat, of course, doesn't necessarily have to be physical. It could be a, a psychological or a threat of that nature, but it is almost, again, the equivalent of the metaphorical gun to your head. And in this circumstance, there's no duress because you could easily say, no, I'm not interested in a mutually agreed separation. If you want to fire me, fire you, fire me and get on with it. That's always their alternative. So don't worry too much about the duress issue. Equally, they may ask you for for reasons and proof that the relationship is not working. We're not at a point of proof uh, at this stage. And indeed, one of the difficulties with the uh, soft dismissal is that very often you're lacking in the kind of proof which commissioners like to see. It doesn't mean that you're wrong. It means very often that commissioners don't understand the reality of the working environment. But we're not here to debate the rights and wrongs. That is a later discussion. We're here to discuss, are you amenable to an amicable separation? Now, once again, uh, the term amicable separation is one loved by lawyers, and frankly, it's not amicable at all. Uh, You both hate each other, um, and you're both angry about the separation, but you're not that angry that it's not a better alternative, a more attractive outcome than having to go to court. Um, And believe me, Litigation is the worst thing that can happen to anybody, even in the CCMA, if you're an individual employee as opposed to the employer who's more used to this sort of thing. It really is a most unpleasant set of circumstances. And frankly, I have found very few circumstances where the invitation to look at a mutually agreed separation has not been pursued and followed with interest by the employee and, in fact, has come to naught. Generally speaking, they are successful. And if at the end of the day you have to pay a little bit more, well, I think it's money well spent. You and the employee have parted. Uh, that's the end of the matter. It's not going to take up any more of your time and your money or anxiety, and you can both go your own way. Now, the last point that I want to make um, here and it may well at some point be a more detailed podcast, is just to say, obviously, what you're paying for in the mutually agreed separation is um, what is sometimes called in uh, 
law, a deed of release, or at other times we know it as a full and final settlement. In other words, there is an agreement reached between the employer and the employee that that is the end of the matter. Um, They understand what they're signing, and in respect of the payment being made to them, they will undertake not to pursue the matter in any court whatsoever or any forum whatsoever, and that it ends any and all claims in any and all forums arising out of the employment of the employee at the employer and the termination thereof. You get that signature, uh, and if it's properly worded, then it's absolutely uh, enforceable, and uh, that is the end of the matter. So if they then go to the CCMA uh, and you find yourself summoned there, just wave the document at the commissioner and you'll find it has the same effect as a crucifix on a, uh, a vampire. I don't know much about crucifixes or vampires, but I'm told that uh, they work wonders um, and you will be rid of this turbulent employee. They will have a stake through their heart to continue this Transylvanian um, allegory. So there you are. There are some words about dismissing the undismissible and the value of the mutually agreed separation. I do hope you've enjoyed it. And uh, let me just remind you, you can always get hold of me. Uh, My email address is andrew at andrew levy. And that levy is spelled Lima Echo Victor Yankee. um, And it's one word, lowercase, dot co dot za. Our website, well, you obviously know where it is because you're listening to this, but in any event, in case you have a short memory, www.andrewlevy.co.za. And if you feel you need to phone me, always happy to hear from you, 083-650-5001. Thanks for your time. Hope you enjoyed it. Please, if you haven't listened to some of our other podcasts, have a look at the menu. I'm sure you'll find one or two that will be of interest. And uh, if you have any topics you'd like to suggest, I'd love to hear from you. Thanks so much. Take care. You've been listening to another production from Solid Gold Podcasts.